hey, welcome back to another bonus episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. This, of course, is an American Auto Race Rewind featuring the 2022 Fall Brawl Sportsman 200 over at the Citrus County Speedway. That's right, our first race rewind outside of the New Smyrna Speedway. Uh, This is a relatively recent race, but uh, after talking to Tom from Speedway Video, we decided to go ahead and do this one. Um, This was one of Tom's first forays over to the Citrus County Speedway. Um, I think he might have made a a trip over there uh, a couple weeks before, uh, but this was his first trip over to record the Sportsman, and we still haven't really established a good way to get the audio from their sound equipment to Tom's, and he has since upgraded and looking... Uh, to improve that even more going into the 2023 season. But we decided this would be a good race to go back and review because we didn't really have those uh, opportunities to get the sound in there. So this will be kind of a, a good retrospective look back at a race that happened recently. Um, I don't remember every ins and outs. This is kind of a long one. So I'll invite you to sit back, maybe grab some popcorn, grab a beverage, uh, put this on for a long drive, or of course go on Speedway Video and watch along. Um with the footage. So you've got two options here, of course, the podcast version where you can just listen to me or uh, you can go back to Speedway Video and you can watch this all uh, with this audio commentary. So this is kind of like, you know, the, these race rewinds are kind of like your commentary commentary tracks on a movie as we kind of relive the experience that was this race. Um, and again, we thought this would be a good one uh, since it didn't really have the announcer audio. There's a lot going on with the scoring um, confusion in victory lane that I'm going to help clear up. Um, and I think this will be fun to watch back through. And like I said, I remember some of the key points and I don't remember everything. So I'll be surprised along with you at some points and be able to kind of take you back and talk about some of the key points. So again, this is a 200 lap race. So buckle in, it's broken to three different segments. So we're going to watch along. Uh, Speedway video was nice enough to send me the uncut video and hopefully, um, It'll remain uncut here. Hopefully we won't have to do this in pieces. So buckle in. I don't want to waste too much time here with the small talk. But again, this is a race rewind brought to you by American Auto of the Fall Brawl Sportsman 200 from the Citrus County Speedway back in 2022. So let's go ahead and get into it. You'll watch it on Speedway Video. Go to Patreon.com. Yeah, make sure you go to Patreon.com, sign up for Speedway Video to support him. The last couple cars in the starting lineup here. See, you got to get the crowd hyped up. Got to get them into it. Got to get them excited. And again, it was a good field of sportsmen as they get counted down here. I believe it was 22 or 23 cars that started. Um, So three segments here with this 200 lapper. Each race was its own individual race. It had its own payout, but they did points, kind of milk bowl style. And driver with the lowest amount of points would be your overall champion as we get ready to start segment number one or race number one. 
Tim Sozio and Adam Briggs on the pole, as they just told you about. Green flag is out. And again, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go over and announce this race with Austin over at Citrus County. Uh, their normal second announcer, uh, Tony Modica, was under the weather uh, for a couple weeks, and uh, New Smyrna wasn't racing. And I was able to get over there and announce this race and see a good clean start. And what you hope for in an event like this where there's multiple segments or double features, and in this case, three features, you want to see, excuse me, you want to see a nice clean start and you want everybody to make it as long as possible. Now, of course, short track racing, 20 plus cars on the track, there's going to be, it's going to be issues, but you hope that the issues are minor or at least, you know, not major enough to where they can't come back for the next segment. Uh, the rules in this race, if you fall out in the first race, you can come back in the second race had to use the same set of tires. So some strategy involved that maybe will come into play later for drivers that don't have a good first or second segment. They might save it for the third segment because, again, each race had its own individual payout, and it paid nicely to win these things. So we may see some stuff. And, again, uh, controversial ending here, confusing ending. And the segment scoring works as follows. One point per position. So if you won, you got one point, and you add up through the field. And whoever, it's kind of like golf. Whoever the lowest score at the end would be the winner. And, of course, three segments it's not a whole lot of separation so the possibility of a tie is a legitimate thing now where i come from when they do this uh they do it in the milk bowl three segment race and the tiebreaker is always the highest finisher in the final segment you want to finish it on the racetrack and that is what we were under the impression of um, in our communication with the scorers in the tower so Keep that in mind as we watch here. Early on here in segment number one, Tim Sozio, 16, still your leader. Brandon Morris, 56. That black car there, still in second. And just about a car length behind. Top three, pretty much under a blanket. Uh, Adam Briggs in the 14, running in that third position. Now the field pretty calm to start this. Pretty much single file. Some battles back in the pack. Joe Winchell, 92, working by uh, the Bigley machine but pretty much single file uh, all the way around. Nobody lapped yet. Yeah, I think we're about 10, maybe 12 laps into this thing. It's been all Tim Sozio up at the front. Brandon Morris, uh, multiple-time Auburndale Speedway champion. Looking for a good run, riding in second. Adam Briggs, new Smyrna champion from a couple of years ago. Oh, that's right. There's two, uh, two Briggs cars out here, one for Adam Briggs and... Um, one for LJ Grimm, and now I'm not sure which one is which. So it's either LJ Grimm in third or Adam Briggs in third. See, this is this is how I do these race rewinds, man. I don't uh, I don't go back and review every frame before I start doing this. I just let it roll and kind of talk you through the race. So um, I'm gonna go peek at the final results here and get an idea who is in which car. Yeah, that doesn't help much. Uh, there was a 114 and a 14 out there. One for Adam Briggs and, like I said, one for LJ Grimm. The race continues on here. Not much movement up towards the front of the field. Still all Tim Sozio at this point, but that 14 car... Trying to look and see if maybe there's a one on the side of that. 
And the 14 car is starting to put some pressure. And then fast qualifier, by the way, I think there was an eight car invert in this, if I remember correctly. Um, the double zero of Anthony Cataldi was the fast qualifier. And he had to start kind of deep in the field. And he starts to make his move up towards the front now as he's closed in on the top three in that double zero car. Now the top four as they come out of four under a blanket. Tim Sozio leading the race. Brandon Morris in second. And now we're starting to catch the tail end of the field. So Tim Sozio has led all the way. Morris hanging on to second. But creeping into the picture now, the green and black car is Anthony Cataldi. So he closes in. Calm and cool and collected to start this thing, which I'm sure is what they preached to them at the driver's meeting. Hey, we got basically three races to get through tonight, guys. Let's not, you know, wreck the cars in segment one. Let's give the fans a show all night long. At least that's what I would preach at a, an event like this. Top four still riding nose to tail. Sozio 16's got about a two-car length lead maybe car length and a half on Brandon Morris. Battle for third, heating up. Anthony Cataldi getting to the inside. I think that's Adam Briggs. I don't see a one on the side of that machine. So it looks like Briggs is hanging on to third right now. So that means LJ Graham a little bit further back. I'm going to assume at this point. It'll become more clear as we go on. Of course, if you attended this race, uh, you, you know what I'm alluding to. Um, if you read about this race, you also know what I'm alluding to. Adam Briggs now lapping by the first car. First car to go a lap down, the 07 machine there. And that 07, I think that was 67, James DeBose. Yes, that was James DeBose there in the 67. And now battle for the lead, heating up to the inside. Brandon Morris going to look inside at Tim Sozio. Brandon Morris heating up those rotors, going into turn three on the inside. And now the top four, you can cloak them now blanket under the top four working on the inside Brandon Morris getting up into Sozio they might have touched a little bit there good racing at the front this is why the sportsman class is so much fun to watch I don't care if it's wheelman I don't care if it's weekly competition at your local track um, I don't care if it's the outlaws over at Pensacola same idea over there and now here comes Anthony Cataldi in the double zero Cataldi right in the mix the battle's on for second Cataldi thought about three wide now the battle for second as Sozio slips back here on the outside. Brandon Morris is the leader. Adam Briggs, Tim Sozio, side by side. Cataldi, the fast qualifier. He is trying to close in now. Cataldi working to the inside of early race leader Tim Sozio. Cataldi in the double zero. If you're watching along, 16 Tim Sozio. If you're listening along, great racing. And now they get single file. Brandon Morris, leader. He's closing in on Timmy Todd Jr., one of the regulars over at the New Smyrna Speedway, who's about to drop off the pace. So it was good to see Tim. So, or, uh, sorry, it's good to see Timmy come out and run this event. He didn't run much this season. A couple races at New Smyrna, and decided to put the different gear in and go short track racing here at Citrus. And he's about to fall lap down to the Brandon Morris automobile. And Joe Winchell's car off the pace. Now the 92 slow on the high side of the racetrack. He's going to make his way off. A tight exit of the racetrack off the top of turn two at Citrus. Some uh, We've seen some wild things happen over there. So to reset it for you, as we're a good chunk of laps in here, 
Your leader, the 56 Brandon Morris. Adam Briggs, I believe, is in that uh, red machine in second. Again, two twin cars out there. Makes these reviews kind of hard to watch sometimes. Um, and then sitting in third, fast qualifier Anthony Cataldi. Early race leader, Tim Sozio. Fourth, Matthew Green. Another new Smyrna guy up in the fifth spot. And then Devin McLeod in the white 23. And Devin McLeod be, would become a player in this event. He's starting to work his way forward. He's looking to the inside now on Matt Green. Green in the 44, going to give up the position. Now try to cut low. He tried the old quarter midget crossover move coming off four. Couldn't pull it off there. The front three, though, breaking away from everybody else, uh, lapping by one of the back markers there. Uh, top three is pretty close together still at this point. Brandon Morris with a car length advantage on that Briggs number 14. And then looking to the inside now, Cataldi in thirds. So the battle's on for second here. As we get a look at uh, a lot of the cars all around the speedway, it's what we like to call the conveyor belt of race cars at this point. Brandon Morris underneath the Big Lee 28 car. I think they had a different driver in that car, but it is a Big Lee car. Morris still leading. Briggs and Cataldi still the top three. Looking back at the race results for the 28 car, Sean LeMaster was actually in that 28 car for the Bigleys. Devin McLeod has secured that top five position. So there, now we get a good look at it. The 114 back there, that is LJ Grimm. So Adam Briggs uh, can confirm has been in second place for much of the contest here in that other number 14. Uh, the Travis Rowland guys bringing out two cars with the Briggs paint schemes on there. Watching Daniel Webster now in the beautiful yellow and blue number one machine. Battle a little bit further in the pack. He's side by side trying to work through some of the lap cars and trying to hold off the 69 of Rex Struble a little bit further. I believe that's just inside the top 10 there. Now remember these drivers fighting for an overall championship. So every position in every race not only matters for that particular race, but for the overall as well. And we got a battle for second. Here comes Cataldi. Cataldi now going to look inside of Briggs for second spot. Brandon Morris still up ahead about two car lengths as these guys battle. Cataldi down on the inside. Briggs on the outside. Oh, and we got a span right in front of the leader. Somebody just went around. That is the pink and blue number 21 machine of Eric Sharon. Eric Sharon has gone around to bring out the event's first yellow flag. Eric Sharon, a uh, competitor of many things at Citrus County, has, of course, this sportsman here. Um, we, we know him a lot as a Crown Vic competitor. I think it's just because the Crown Vics compete there so often. Uh, that's typically where you hear that name, but he's very good in those Crown Vics. He was able to spin it out and not hit anything. So we're going back green now. Your leader, Brandon Morris, with the 14 Adam Briggs on his outside. Great-looking field of cars. You know, when you can put 20-plus sportsmen on a track at any time, man, it is a sight to behold. It's a good, clean restart. Briggs up on the outside, actually going to lead that lap. So Briggs going to become our third different leader here. As Briggs and Morris still battle side-by-side. Side. Morris down on the bottom. Briggs sends it in there, trying to clear Morris. Morris going to fight back on the inside. 
And to me, this is part of what makes Citrus County so great to watch. You can get that outside groove to work. There's a little bit of a second groove here as compared. Oh, and there we go. Contact. Morris gets into Adam Briggs, and he turns around in front of the field. So a major moment here. And somehow, some way, at the front of the field, the leaders get together just as the eight of James Seawright is at the outside wall. The leaders get together. So thinking back to this, I remember the caution was out for Seawright on the back straightaway uh, who nosed it hard into the outside wall. I believe he was the first casualty of this event. And then the leaders got together. Adam Briggs with some heavy damage. You see the official chucking some... Uh, some parts and pieces out. So the leaders get their spot back. They were not the cause of the caution. It was for C right. And if you're watching the video back, you'll see that quick shot of the eight car in trouble. Back underway now after that wild moment. And thankfully, the field behind them able to get woed up. So no major damage up front. Just a wild moment. So side by side. I guess the big change now is Brandon Morris. Uh, he had, uh, I guess he did get some damage. So check that. Brandon Morris now out of the picture. And it is Anthony Cataldi rocketing to the lead on the back straightaway. So Cataldi, the fast qualifier, making his way up, establishing his dominance, or at least asserting himself as one of the cars to beat today. So tough break for Brandon Morris in that spin. He either got damage or was called to the back or something. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain here, but I believe it was, it was damage. And he tried to make his way back up through the field and... Uh, I know Austin talks to him after this first segment. I don't know if we'll get it on video here or not, but he was very dejected with what went down. So back up front, it is now Anthony Cataldi with the lead. Adam Briggs second, Tim Sozio third, inside the 23 of Devin McLeod. So side-by-side -side battle for third. McLeod and Sozio. Sozio is going to get that spot. McLeod in the white 23 going to fall in line. And Matthew Green holding on to the top five. LJ Grimm in the 114. He's been hanging around about six spot all race long. Has not really been able to move up. Looking a little bit further back, we saw a glimpse of the 07 Tyler Schofield, who was my pre-race pick to win, even though it didn't qualify well. Um, I don't always use qualifying as an indicator of, you know, who's going to be dominant. You might be good for a lap or two. Some drivers set their cars up for the long run. I just know the Schofields always have good equipment. Um, it's orange, so a little bias there. Um, I picked Schofield, and man, he just he had a tough day. Spoiler alert. Um, Cataldi's still up front, starting to pull away now. He's got the biggest lead anybody's had all day. It is five or six car lengths at this point. Briggs still trying to hold off Tim Sozio, who has run so much better. Sozio, one of the most improved sportsman drivers over the mo uh, last couple of years. Ever since he's got with the right foot down, he has been pretty strong. A couple of wins over at New Smyrna in limited appearances. Many, many good runs in the Wheelman Series and other big sportsman events such as this. Now, this was not a Wheelman sportsman race, but many of these cars run the Wheelman Series, which I'm very much looking forward to as the rebranded SRL Sportsman Series in 2023. Their first sportsman race will be at the Freedom Factory on January 7th, by the way. A little plug there. Ricky Brooks, of course, uh, pulling the strings there, making things happen with Cletus McFarland over at the Freedom Factory, which, uh, you know, Cletus bought that speedway and has been doing his own thing over there and going to do some stock car racing at the old grounds of DeSoto Speedway, now known as the Freedom Factory, on January 7th. And you'll see many of these cars we're talking about in competition over there. Going to be a heck of a show. If you can't make it, um, caution is out here, by the way. 
we'll see if we can pick up why. Oh, Eric Sharon is around again in the 21 on the front stretch. So that's number two for Sharon. Events third yellow. And this is number two for the 21 of Eric Sharon. So again, you can watch this uh, upcoming sportsman race on the seventh on pay-per-view. Um, there are a few other options for live racing. So if you want to go watch some live racing, maybe at New Smyrna or at the, the Citrus County Speedway, they're having an event. You can then watch the sportsman race back on pay-per-view. So here we go, back into green. I'm just trying to give you multiple ways to support short track racing at the start of 2023. So back underway, Anthony Cataldi still the leader in the double zero. Battles on for second. Tim Sozio running very well today. Started up front, led, fell back. Now up into the second spot as he battles with Adam Briggs. And here comes that other car that's painted very similarly. The 114, which is LJ Grimm. He's breaking into the top five now underneath. Now he's gotten by the Matt Green machine. And now he battles. I can't make out what number it is on that black machine. But now up into the top five, the team car to Adam Briggs, LJ Grimm. I want to say it's at some point in this race, Adam Briggs is going to have some trouble here that sets his night off and uh, actually makes Adam Briggs' appearance in later events very important. Big battle here. Big gaggle of cars coming off turn number two on the back straightaway. Five, six, seven cars battling for position deep in the field. Daniel Webster, Rex Drubel, Tyler Schofield, Steve Gill among those cars. Stuck in the back half of the field. Cody Brusso's back there in the seven. Brandon Morris. There's Brandon Morris again. He was up front leading and uh, has since been in the back with nowhere to go. I believe I saw the Chris Huntoon number 30 machine back there as well. Struble and the 07 of Tyler Schofield now battling. As we look back through the front part of the field, it is single file with Anthony Cataldi. Now, these drivers, for the most part, doing a good job. Just the one car into the outside wall for James Seawright. These guys doing a good job, keeping things clean for the time being. Some good racing. Uh, some contact, some wrinkled fenders, as you typically see in a sportsman race. Those... You know, left rear fenders are pretty delicate. These cars have open, I guess we'll call them open back bumpers, no uh, body panels on the back. So those fenders on the back just held together with some minor bracing and are easily wrinkled up with the contact and the type of racing that you see on these bull rings. And you're going to see a lot of used up race cars. I mean, this is almost, this is three races in one, remember, at the... Tiny short track here at the Citrus County Speedway. Now, we were talking, as some of the action happened earlier, that Citrus does have a second groove that is usable and uh, makes it makes the restarts a little bit less treacherous, I guess, because you can run up there and kind of hold your own, whereas some of the other bull rings, you've got to make the outside groove work and then get to the inside. Inside groove, the preferred line, it seems. But like I said, you can hold your own. You can ride up in that upper groove and not just get freight trained. So it is still Anthony Cataldi, the fast qualifier, up at the front of the field. Field is pretty much single file, strung out here in this first event. And I believe this first race, it's a 200-lap total event. I believe this first one is 75, the second one is 75, and the third one, I believe, is just 50 laps. 
Cataldi still leading. And LJ Grimm. No, that's the... Man, that's going to confuse me all day. That is the Briggs machine getting by a machine. One of the lap cars. Everybody holding their own. No real movement at the front of the field. Cataldi, your leader. Sozio, second. Briggs still hanging on to third. And my estimate is somewhere near the halfway point here in race number one. Again, if you're listening to this, it's going to be a long one. So buckle in. This is the full 200 lap event. Now, I could have done what some podcasts do and break this up and give it to you over three weeks. But you know what? I'm all for giving you what you want. And that is everything together. I believe the white flag is out. So we're way past the halfway point. Final lap here and checkered flag ready to fly. And segment one, race one, will go to Anthony Cataldi, Tim Sozio second, and Adam Briggs will take the third position. So those will be your low point drivers going into race number two. So one point for Cataldi, two points for Sozio, three points for Briggs, and so on. So, yes, yeah, 75 laps. There's the confirmation. Thanks to that uh, PA guy who sounds familiar. And now we'll hear from uh, Austin. Kind of 
pushing us 200 laps straight. Um, I think all we ran the better we got. So um, really, you know, I think during that short run we weren't as good as uh, I think the, the, at least the double zero, maybe the 16. I don't know, but um, I think as far as the speed to us, the tires get worn out. The thing I got to bring the right rear I'm going to put on the X50 and drive by at the end. Well, we'll see how that's going to go. Devin McLeod with a solid run. Keep your eye on the 23 car. He's still in the running for the overall. And we'll be trying to get what happened from uh, Adam Briggs. I think Austin's going to go find Brandon Morris to see if we can find out more about the contact that happened after the yellow flag. Crew's still hard at work down here getting these cars ready. Down here with Brandon Morris in the 56. Uh, up front, earlier on in this thing, caution comes out for something in the back of the field. Next thing you know, uh, you're all crossed up. So we start them back up here for segment number two. And again, eight car invert for segment number two. So maybe it was six cars for segment one, or maybe it was eight. I, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anthony Cataldi came through and won anyway. Um, you heard from Adam Briggs and Brandon Morris briefly there. And you could tell neither one really wanted to talk about it. They weren't happy about what transpired. But here we go, segment number two. And on the front row, Matthew Green leading us. And to his outside is Daniel Webster, who's going to take the lead in that one car on the outside. So some new players here at the front. So Adam Briggs in the 14, making his way up. One of the players from the first race. Briggs around the outside, looking for third. A little bit of bumper tag further back. Sozio trying to dig his way out of the invert hole. He had to start back in seventh. And where is Anthony Cataldi? He is not in the picture right now. Cataldi struggling here early on. Had to start eighth up on the outside groove. Got kind of shuffled backwards. And he's back around 10th or 11th spot as they run right now. And Rex, everybody's going around him. So the double zero, Anthony Cataldi, whatever adjustments they made in that segment, which you can make adjustments. You couldn't change tires. You could move them around but you could not change tires. Whatever adjustments they made on the Cataldi machine did not pay off as he is going backwards. Brandon Morris is going after him now. Tom from Speedway Video doing a great job following along with the Cataldi storyline because you know, he could even tell that uh, the car that just won the race is now struggling here. Chris Huntoon to his inside. So Cataldi now, winner of segment one, started eighth, dropping like a rock. So big storyline playing out here as far as the overall goes. Now, Cataldi pocketed a nice, cool three grand for winning race number one. Uh, that's pretty good money there for a sportsman race, 75 laps. This segment here, I believe, 75 laps as well, and then the final one is 50. And that would pay its own payout and then decide the overall champion, which, of course, we talked about at the top of the show, very interesting slash controversial finish, whichever way you want to look at it. Couple of the contenders, Tim Sozio, Devin McLeod, battling a little contact here. Adam Briggs gets into it with, I believe, Bruso. 
And that is Adam Briggs in the 14 going to pit road. So Briggs, third place in race one, getting bumped around on the front straightaway, and he goes to pit road. So that'll take him out of overall contention. So maybe 10 laps into this second race, one of the contenders to pit road. No caution, still green, so the laps are clicking away, and Briggs is going laps down. Now, I mean, he could return to the race if he chooses to. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you he doesn't. Uh, he does the smart thing. He saves those tires because he knows it's a complete reset. If you're able to get back to race three, you're on the same lap as everybody. Uh, you're just going to miss out on the overall. You're not going to be in contention. I mean, unless, you know, everybody else has problems too. But you save your tires, and in theory, you've got fresher tires than everybody that completes the 75 laps. So while you won't win the overall, you turn your attention to winning the next race and just getting what you can. So up front, it is still Daniel Webster in the one, Matt Green, and creeping into the picture, the team card, Adam Briggs, the 114, LJ Graham. We didn't talk much about him in segment number one. We mentioned him, and we tried to tried to uh, do the process of figuring out who was in which car because uh, upon review, it's, I mean, at the track, we knew which one was which, walking through the pits and everything with our lineups, but um, watching back, it just, they both looked the same, okay? But we got it figured out. Daniel Webster still leading here in segment number two. Matt Green riding in the second position. Now things beginning to calm down. We had that dust up. Adam Briggs, Cody Bruce, so I believe the Rex Drubal machine was also involved in that. Cars bouncing around on the front straightaway, ping-ponging off one another. But again, didn't bring out a caution. Ending Adam Briggs' day here in segment number two. Uh, he would come back for segment number three, and he will very much be in the mix. Best battle on the track between the 114 of LJ Grimm, the 23, Devin McLeod, and that will be important. Here is a look back now at the Cataldi machine. He is still battling with the 30 of Chris Huntoon. Cataldi, the winner, dominant performer in race number one, fast qualifier, struggling here. So again, if you happen to be fast forwarding through certain parts and missed anything, the double zero car, one segment one, and they made adjustments during the intermission, if you will, between stage one and stage two, and the adjustments they made went the wrong way. Um, they could move the tires around. They could adjust wedge. Um, do, basically do whatever you can under normal pit stop except change tires. Move the tires around. You can rotate them, but you cannot change tires. Must run all one or 200 laps on the same set of tires unless a flat is approved. A, you know, change of a flat tire is approved by Speedway officials. And that is the typical... Norman, an event like this, you know, try to keep costs down. It, some drivers, if they could, man, they don't care about the money. They're just trying to win everything. They will spend, the guys that can, and I mean this with all due respect, the guys that can do it will, if they're allowed to, buy three sets of tires to change tires for every race. There are people that are that serious about wins in this sport that have the means to do so. I mean, it's just like NASCAR. You have a caution come out, you pit five laps later. There are some that could do that and would do that. And there are some that could not and would not be able to do that. Um, and so to level the playing field a little bit, you try to keep them on the same tires. Try to encourage these guys to come out. 
You want to see your Timmy Todd's come over from other track. You want to see your Eric Sharon's, your Keith Zavarell's out here. And one of the ways to keep them coming is to, in, in essence, do your best to keep costs down. And that's been one of the things that I've preached a lot in, in some, uh, some of my shows is, you know, it's easy to say, well, increase payout, pay us more. Um, but I think that if you could find ways to make it cheaper to race, period, then you, you get more of a margin between what you make and what you spend, or at least um, you can cap a, uh, cap off some of what you lose and encourage more people to come out and race. That's been my whole point, and some people take that the right way, and some people get upset about it. But uh, all I'm trying to do is encourage people to come race or challenge you to think differently. But anyways, Brooke Storer having some problems. She's had a rough day. She just pulled off up front during my diatribe there. Not much has changed. Daniel Webster's still leading, but here comes Matthew Green. So the battle for the lead heating up here in segment number two as they lap by Timmy Todd's number 25. Webster's still leading. Another car we haven't talked about much. We've mentioned the Bigley name, but Dylan Bigley having a good run in the 25 car. As, the, as I say that, the other Bigley car pulls off the, the 28, Sean LeMaster. Um, so Dylan Bigley in the 25, Sean LeMaster in the 28, the Bigley cars today. Uh, Dylan kind of under the radar uh, into the top three, I believe, right now. Uh, here's Cataldi and Morris towards the back of the field. Man. How crazy that is to see two drivers that were up front or contending in stage one struggling here in stage two. And, you know, you could tell when Austin was talking to him there in the break between segments that he was none too happy. And uh, him kind of saying that the drivers didn't really know the caution was out and that blame should be put on both of them, I think was a very uh, good way to put it. But, I mean, that's part of racing. When you're, when you're up at the front, you've got 20 other cars behind you Man, you are you got to be on it at all times. You can't back off until you know it's time to back off. So I think it's just one of those racing deals that potentially ruined a couple of good cars nights. All in stage one. A very clean stage number two. And so far, I remember what was kind of going through my head at this point. It's like, well, we've had a couple cars pull off. We've had one crash out. Uh, we've had some of the contenders get some damage. We've seen Adam Briggs fall by the wayside here in race number two. But all in all, it's been what you want to see in an event like this. You're, it doesn't matter, man. If it's a 25-lap weekly show, a 200-lap straight-up race, a 100-lap race, there's going to be attrition. People are going to fall out. Um, people are going to crash out. Tires are going to blow. You're going to hit the wall. So that kind of thing is expected. But it has not been a wreck fest. We have not piled up a bunch of cars, and we're down to 10 cars for the last 100 laps or whatever. So in my mind at this point, I think everybody's happy, regardless of what's going to transpire the rest of the day. Oh, a little contact here between Sozio and Steve Gill in the front, the right front fender. Steve Gill's number five flying up into the air, a couple cars running it over, and that'll bring out the caution flag. Gill and Sozio get together in the front, I believe it's the right front of Steve Gill's beautiful number five machine, flapping in the breeze, flying off, and bringing out a debris yellow. One of the officials is going to run out and retrieve that and go find the rest of the parts and pieces that might be scattered because it got hit a couple of times. And that old fender flare will make it back to the five pit 
to be put back on. So here comes the guy in the, the sweeper truck. It's like, hey, I'll take that back to the pit area for you. It's funny when you look at those parts and pieces on the race car, they don't look that big. And then you see them next to a human and yeah, they're pretty substantial pieces of, you know, I guess, fiberglass in this particular instance. Green flag, ready to come back out. Daniel Webster in the one car, your leader. Matt Green in second. Dylan Bigley third. And then LJ Grimm running out the top four. There's still a good feel of sportsmen out there. Looks like roughly 18 to 19 racers still on track at this point. I think it was 23, 24 cars that took time in qualifying to a stout field. It's just the right number. You know, you get 30 plus and you got to start sending people home or you get too many and you just have a wreck fest. 24, right in the sweet spot at a track like this. So now look, Anthony Cataldi starting to make his way up as Brooks Storer gets the bumper. Anthony Cataldi quietly into the top. Yeah, we'll go top 10, ninth or 10th back there on a quick count. Daniel Webster still leading here. Matt Green under fire. Here comes LJ Grimm. Grimm starting to get into it now. Again, driving the second team car to Adam Briggs. So I feel like the first segment, LJ feeling it out a little bit. Of course, there was practice uh, to get used to it. But in race conditions, LJ slowly but surely wake, working his way up now. Inside of Matthew Green, he's got McLeod in tow. Matthew Green is kicked to the outside. The 44 car starting to slip backwards now. But away with the lead, Daniel Webster looking stout in car number one, not even in the picture right now. There he is, way, way out in front. One of the biggest leads we've seen all race long. That first segment, that three or four guys knows to tell much of the event until late when Cataldi got clean air. And now with Webster in clean air, he's looking pretty stout. Steve Gill minus the right front uh, fender flare is racing his way up to about the, let's see, the sixth position. Behind him, here comes Anthony Cataldi. So they went the wrong direction at the start of the race, slowly and methodically picking his way up to the inside of Sozio. Sozio, of course, second in race one, one of the high point drivers. Adam Briggs, third in race one. He's out of it. So at this point, you're thinking Cataldi because he's back into the mix. Cataldi, Sozio, you're starting to think about LJ Grimm as a potential overall champion. And that white 23 hasn't shown a whole lot of muscle, uh, but I believe fourth in race one and now fourth here in race two. So those are your players right now for the overall. Of course, all that is going to change, but I love races like this where, you know, every lap, every pass matters. Right now, everything pretty much single file. It was Cataldi, the winner of race one. Sozio, second. Briggs, third. Devin McLeod, fourth. LJ Grimm, fifth. So those are your high or, if you will, low point drivers going into feature number two here. And they did the lowest overall combined score as the champion. But we will find out here in, well, in soon enough that that would become more complicated than it seems. So this is what you call login laps right now. Everybody pretty much single file. It's quote unquote not go time yet. Everybody riding now. 
Some drivers are out here thinking about the overall points. Some don't give a crap about that. Some are just thinking about each individual race and trying to do the best they can and just go try to win each individual race, let the points fall where they may. You know, your top five finishers in race one minus Adam Briggs at this point thinking, well, I got to think about the points. I'd like to win every race and or, or at least place well enough to get that overall bonus money. I think it was 3,000 to win each race plus 1,000 to win the overall. So some drivers probably have the mentality, I don't care about the overall. I just want to win races if I can. Battle, heating up for position now. Here comes McLeod. McLeod inside of green. They touch, and the left front fender of Adam or of uh, Matt Green gets ripped off here. So Green with some damage, and now he's starting to struggle. That left front fender flapping in the breeze. He's got Steve Gill to his inside. Gill goes up the track. Here comes Cataldi back into it. Three wide now. Anthony Cataldi was outside the top 15 earlier and now racing his way past the wounded machines of Matt Green and Steve Gill. Gill trying to fight back now in the five. Side-by-side -side battle for that position right around the fifth or sixth spot at this point. I believe that's for fifth, and around goes Gill. Gill going to go around. The 07, Tyler Schofield goes around. Everybody checks up, but Gill and Green get into it, and that will draw a yellow flag. So now the one of Webster will have to deal with this 114 of LJ Grimm, Devin McLeod third, Bigley fourth, and Anthony Cataldi, your winner of segment one, has worked his way back into the top five as the drivers involved in the wreck begin to pull away. And this is about the point in the race, give or take past uh, the halfway point of the overall 200 laps. Everybody trying to position themselves for that last segment, trying to get max points to stay in the championship hunt. Who's going to take home the title belt in the fall brawl? It's turning into a brawl at this point. A lot of cars with wrinkled fenders. Damage on the left rear of the McLeod machine in third. Damage on Matt Green. Trouble in the back. It's uh, Henley, Jesse Henley, Rex Struble, and another involved. Yeah, that may be the nine of Brookstore. Hard to tell. That is the Brusso machine. Cody Brusso involved as she rolls down the speedway. Rex Struble, Cody Brusso, and Henley all get together there. Daniel Webster still leading as we look to restart. 114 LJ Grimm, Devin McLeod in third, and a quiet but solid night for Dylan Bigley in fourth. Green is out. back underway here watching Matt Green side by side with Brandon Morris who continues on but he has not made any noise here in this second segment side by side top four under a blanket the one car of Webster leading the 114 on the outside trying to challenge for the lead LJ Grimm so Anthony Cataldi still into the fifth position a one, and right now a five will give him six overall points. He's one of the top drivers there. Grimm was fifth in race one. He's second right now. That's seven points. And Cataldi gets knocked out of line a little bit here. Schofield trying to get in the mix. Schofield showing some muscle for the first time today. Schofield maybe was the one that got into the double zero there on the front straightaway. Steve Gill still in the mix, even though he's been bopped around a little bit. 
So Cataldi slipping back in the clutches of Gill, Schofield, and Sozio, who's been stuck around the eighth position much of this race. Sozio second to race one. Not much noise here in race number two. So we're getting some different players here in race two that are going to make this championship fight as they run right now. Very interesting. And this is why I love this kind of format, man. It, the, the points matter. Every position matters. It's not just another race. I mean, over the long haul of a season, it's the same idea. But in this short succession, you got to think about every position, every point. You want to take home that championship. You know, people are going to remember the overall winner more so than who won segment two. Even though it's its own race, it pays well, this and that. I don't remember who wins this segment. I remember who wins the overall. And, of course, it was controversial, so everybody's going to have that stick out a little bit. Here's some three-wide body slamming action going on. Matt Green, Chris Huntoon. Huntoon's car looked like it's been through a season. Struble's car with parts flapping the breeze. Chris Huntoon now getting into Matt Green, ripping off his own left front fender. Sparks on the Huntoon machine. He is none too happy with Matt Green. So these sportsmen racing hard. They're going to look probably this way at the end of 75 laps on January the 7th at the Freedom Factory. Sportsmen at the Bull Rings. Very exciting. I mean, even the Sportsman Weekly stuff at uh, New Smyrna last year, pretty exciting. Uh, lots of great moments there. This Sportsman class, it, it's, it's getting expensive. It's basically a limited late model at this point with the outlaw body on it. But uh, they're a great class. And uh, Florida has done, you know, they've lucked into kind of these and the outlaws, those, those classes that you can look around to any track and you just want to go see them race. You know, a lot of tracks don't really race them too often weekly anymore. They're getting to be that, that big race touring only status. Um, I think this class has a, a position at the top of any weekly racing schedule. Um, back up front, though, you have the one still leading, Daniel Webster. Here's that 114. If you're watching along with Speedway Video, remember that is the LJ Grimm car who is haunting the back bumper of the one of Daniel Webster at this point. Laps winding down here in stage two. And again, I don't have a lap counter on the screen, so... We'll just watch for the white flag. We'll know the race is almost over, but we're, we're good good ways into it here at this point. Coming down on the final stretch, Webster the leader, but he's got company. Graham looking to the inside. Here we go. Battle's on for the lead. LJ Graham on the inside. You've got the one of Webster on the outside. Close quarters action for the lead. $3,000 on the line here in race two. Man, fans getting into it. You can see them waving their hands if you're watching along on the video. This is what you've come to see. Great side-by-side -side short track action. And with the lead, it is LJ Graham. A crossover. Look at Daniel Webster. Now that, folks, man, whether you're watching or listening, power move by Webster, but he gets sideways off a of two, and Graham's going to power around the outside. Man, Daniel Webster almost pulled, over, pulled off the perfect crossover move. He got loose off a of two, and Graham going to try to drive away now. With all that's going on, McLeod runs in third. Bigley still holding on to fourth, man. It's a quiet ride for Bigley. And that will be Checkers. Checkers route. An exciting battle right at the end of that thing. I knew the laps were winding down. Checkers come out 
and LJ Graham wins it over Daniel Webster and Devin McLeod. So going into the final segment, you still got Cataldi in the mix. You got McLeod in the mix. You've got Grimm in the mix. And man, that was fantastic. One of the most exciting sportsman finishes you'll see. And now we'll listen in to the trackside interviews. Now some of the drivers actually being shown debriefing. Here we go. This is LJ. Here's Daniel Webster. Now we know why he couldn't hold it on. Try to talk to Devin McLeod here. Try to not get in the way. Talking to Robert Todd here. Well, what was the inverse? 
I'm not sure yet. I heard the error before, so in that case, that means I only get a pass one car and people are coming behind me. So, um, we get in the lead, 23 might get a couple car lengths wide, but um, we're going to do what we got to do to try to win this thing and um, bring home the big one. Well, that's going to be fun to watch. Devin McLeod having a good night. We're going to head over here real quick and talk to the, the man that won the, the first stage, five laps in that race, and I see him slow on the back straightaway. Anthony Cataldi. here there Cataldi claiming he made the wrong adjustment and he's got the mindset of uh, going to let things fall where they where they play out Talking to Dylan Bigley, I believe. All right. So engines fire for the final segment. Some drivers. Just happy with what's gone on already today. Some drivers not so happy. Um, everybody has the mindset of just going to let the points fall where they may. So getting ready to start here, segment 350 laps. Dylan Bigley, Devin McLeod, the one of Webster, the 114 of LJ Grimm, the high point cars as we restart. The guys to watch for the overall championship, Cataldi, McLeod, the 114 is up there. Um, Grimm is definitely in the mix. And the one of Webster. Those are the four as we restart. Those are the high point drivers. Now some drivers on the fringe there like Sozio still with an outside shot of things get haywire. 
A uh, couple other cars to watch in this one. From the back of the field, Adam Briggs did not finish segment two. Only ran about 10, 15 laps of that segment. So he's got maybe 50, 60, some odd lap fresher tires than everybody. So keep in mind that that could come into play. Contact. Here we go at the front of the field. Bigley goes around and big hit. Cataldi nailed him. Cataldi hits Bigley hard. Contact between Webster, who got down on the apex of the corner and shoots up the track into Bigley. And then Bigley gets, I mean, just hit hard by Cataldi. Bigley's car up into the air. And Cataldi, who came in as one of the high-point drivers with just seven points going into this stage, is out of it early on. That car hit a ton with the front end. A couple other cars stacked up. Matt Green trying to get out of here. Perhaps the most dominant car here, at least it was in the first segment, is out. Bigley's driving away, but that car is a little... As Austin and I like to say, Caddy Wampus. Yeah, and you can see that thing center punched. Uh, right rear tire down hit. Thank goodness passenger side and not driver side. So Dylan Bigley, the pole sitter of this race with heavy damage. Yeah, and I remember this one happening. Um, Webster down on the inside of the racetrack just... It looks like it bounced up off the flat, the very, very bottom of the racetrack. It's not really an apron here, but the very bottom of the racetrack is a little, little flat. And it looks like he hit that and just it, it upset the handle of the car. Close quarters racing on a restart up into Bigley. I, I definitely don't think there was anything intentional there. There would be no reason for there to be anything intentional there. Webster doesn't drive like that, first of all. Those guys had no history today. Um... Just a racing deal. It happens. I mean, you're racing hard every single lap. Sometimes even the best drivers have a bad lap. Waiting on Cataldi here to climb out. He's moving around inside the race car. And we're getting a good look now if you're watching along. Uh, if you're listening, a lot of damage on these cars. Heavy damage on the Jesse Henley number three. I mean, not damage that would take you out, but, I mean, those cars are wrinkled up. I mean, heartbreaker for Cataldi, man. He, it just seems like Anthony Cataldi has really, really fast race cars. But I swear, nine times out of ten, Cataldi has some kind of bad luck. And um, I, I appreciate what uh, what Anthony Cataldi does. Races uh, a couple of different classes. You know, he's got late models, got sportsmen. Um, tries to support the, the various tracks around. And that sportsman car, beautiful looking ride, pretty well used up here. Uh, hopefully, I was talking to Anthony, and hopefully we'll see him in a prolate model for a race or two during the World Series. I know he had inquired about uh, some of the race links, so maybe, uh, maybe we'll see him out there for the 100 lapper at the end of this year's World Series. Be a great addition to the field, in my opinion. Uh, maybe we'll see that car back together for the race at uh, the Freedom Factory. I'm not certain on that, but... All right, we are ready to go back green. Big moment there, one of the championship or the fall brawl championship contenders out of it with Cataldi. You've got the 23 McLeod leading us back to green with LJ Grimm on the outside. 
So I just want to set it up early as this 50 laps will go by quick and I don't have a counter and the end's going to sneak up on me again. Um, basically, the way the points have situated themselves, if McLeod wins, basically, McLeod has a win. Somebody just smoked the wall. A lot of smoke going into turn number one. Everybody keeps it straight. McLeod basically needs to win the race here for him for, to win the overall. And depending on where the 114 of Grimm finishes, there is potential for a tie. So we, and I'm just going to go ahead and put this out here because that's a lot of the controversy leads to um, the way things were communicated here. And I will take, Austin and I will take blame on this confusion. Um, we were under the impression after speaking with scoring because we went into the third segment knowing that, you know, things were close enough uh, to have the possibility of a tie. In events like this, it's always a possibility. And we said, hey, you know, a tiebreaker is best finish in this race. Scorers said yes. And we'll get into this more uh, because it, it it is going to be important. And, of course, if you know about this race, you know about it. If you're listening along, I'm just going to tell you right now, um, the tiebreaker will come into play. So... As we continue to battle here, Brandon Morris, who said he was just going to start and park it the rest of the day. Well, they got some things figured out after segment two. He has roared up to the fourth position. It is a three-car breakaway up front. Uh, the 56 Morris is coming through, and Adam Briggs with those fresher tires is starting to make his way up as he goes inside of Tyler Schofield. Schofield, again, we talked about him a little bit. Didn't have the best car today, but trying to make the most of it. Top three are nose to tail at the front. Uh, Tyler Schofield right now getting banged around a little bit. He's going to drop back. Steve Gill, he's been running right there, seventh, eighth spot most of the night. So from about uh, fourth, fifth on back, it is a hornet's nest right now, and there's not a lot of fenders to be used up, so drivers are just using whatever they can of their cars to get around here at this point. Back up front, though, it is Devin McLeod with the lead, and hey, Tim Sozio is back in the mix. So you got to throw Sozio back in the potential for the overall. Second to race one. Um, seventh or eighth in race number two. So an outside shot of things get mixed up to win the championship. And here comes Adam Briggs. He gets into Morris a little bit there. And that kind of jostles up the rest of the field behind him. We stay green. But Adam Briggs, I, I definitely think, uh, even when this was going on live, I definitely think having, you know, 40, 50, 55, whatever laps, fresher tires in the rest of the field is helping Adam Briggs at this point. Now, when you have to come from the back of the field, fresher tires, you're going to pass those those back markers uh, very easily. But the farther you get up through the field, the harder you're going to have to race these guys, um, the more you're going to use those tires up. But definitely the fresh tires helping him now as he's up to fifth. Race leader still Devin McLeod. A lot of jostling for position a little bit further back, but as far as the overall goes, it's not mattering too much. By the way, failed to mention, um, as I see Daniel Webster's car on screen, he was penalized to the rear of the field for the contact. Um, race officials deemed he was, you know, involved in it. He was the reason it got triggered. Uh, nothing intentional, as we talked about, but he was called to the back of the field, so he's having to race his way back up. So he is, as they run, pretty much out of contention for the overall. So at this point, you're focusing, and Adam Briggs out of the contention as well, but having a good battle with Morris, um, it, it's still LJ Graham, the 114, Devin McLeod, 23. Those are the guys that we're focused on at this point. We've come this far, you know, inside of, you know, 35 laps to go at this point. It's looking like Devin McLeod, 
It's looking like LJ Grimm. And now if they get into it, yeah, at, at this point, Austin and I had locked in on we got to watch the battle between McLeod and Grimm because that's what's going to matter. If they had gotten into it, something were to happen there, then, of course, we'd have to do a bunch of math. Everybody's mindset would change. But we're focusing right now in the middle of the field because that's where the action is on the racetrack. But as far as the overall goes, that is still between McLeod and Grimm. And I'm just going to tell you, it gets very, very crazy here at the end of this race and in victory lane. Obviously, keep watching, keep listening. If you don't know the story, you'll know it even better here after this. So just logging some laps here, getting down to the end of this thing. Field has thinned out a little bit. I think there was only about 17, 18 cars still left running at this point. Four or five of those, I, I hate to say it, but you know, really no shot to, to be of much contention in this race. Still, though, uh, on the flip side of that, you got seven, eight guys that could potentially win this, and a couple guys working their way back into contention. Yellow flag, caution, we got a spinner on the back straightaway, and it is Dylan Bigley who was actually able to make it back out um, after that big crash. Luckily, uh, kind of center punched between the wheels. Uh, I mean, the tire went down, so it did hit the wheels. It may have knocked this car out of alignment a little bit, but somehow Bigley able to continue. He is going to pit now, but that car was hit so hard, I, it, it shocked me that it was even able to make it back out. So coming back to a restart, Devin McLeod, 23-year leader, 16, Tim Sozio, just like race one in second, then a lot of red behind him with 114, LJ Graham, and the other 14, Adam Briggs, back into the mix. Brandon Morris, fifth on the restart with Steve Gill. Rex Struble, seventh. 07 Tyler Schofield, Daniel Webster back in the mix, Matt Green rounding out the top 10. A lot of sparks towards the back of the field, no issues there, just parts and pieces. Fenders most, most likely dragging on the ground as parts and pieces now fly off the Bigley machine. Up towards the outside wall in turn three. Not sure if that's going to draw a caution or not. Might be out of the groove, we'll see, I can't remember. Still green at the moment. Back up front, we're gonna focus in here, halfway home, 25 laps down, 25 to go. Good work by the flagman there. Flagman definitely still important, especially on race reviews, folks. Oh, Steve Gill had a moment there on the back straightaway. Webster flies to his inside up front. Still Devin McLeod leading Tim Sozio in the 16. So 24 laps to go, and no, I'm not going to be able to count every single lap here because something's going to happen, and I'm going to lose focus on that. 23 to go for the 23 this time. Sitting back in third, it is Adam Briggs. Adam Briggs in the 14, back up into third. So at this point, Briggs is still determined to go win this race. He knows, hey, I've got fresher tires. If I can get up there, I'm going to go win this three grand. His mindset it goes through a couple of emotions in this race, for sure. And it's not done processing the bigger picture here. And if you ever want to know if Adam Briggs is a big teammate or not, then uh, stay tuned. Do you want to be Adam Briggs' teammate? Do you not? Adam Briggs, you know, he's, he's an aggressive driver. He's used his bumper. He's had people mad at him before. 
but is he a team player? He is all over the back of Tim Sozio. This is for second. Briggs with a run. What a move up the hill, down the hill, crossover down the back. Briggs to the inside. Briggs with those fresh tires. Knows he's not going to win the overall, but hey, three grand in your pocket. It's got to feel good, right? That's extra motivation to come up and, man, if they had a hard charger award for this thing, he'd be my vote. So that's going to put Briggs second, Sozio third. Here comes LJ Grimm now on the 114. Devin McLeod leading as they run right now at this very moment with Grimm battling for third. LJ Grimm would, I'm sorry, Devin McLeod would be your leader right now by one point. Sozio falls back to fourth. Brandon Morris under attack for fifth now from the 07 of Tyler Schofield. Devin McLeod still leading. Inside of 20 laps to go. Laps clicked down in a hurry here at the Citrus County Speedway. Brandon Morris has a mirror full of that 07. Morris trying to hold off Schofield. Top four have pretty much scooted away. It's going to be a battle between... McLeod, Briggs, Grimm, and Sozio. Schofield, though, wants a top five. Schofield to the inside of Morris. Schofield with some wrinkled fenders on that car. But no worse for wear than anybody else out there at this point. Brandon Morris trying to salvage something on his night. It's been a frustrating one so far. Morris trying to hold on to a top five run. You know, if you have a, two bad segments and you can finish off the night with a top five, it stings a lot less when you leave. And I think that was uh, the motivation for Brandon Morris here in this one. McLeod's still your leader up front. He's got a sizable lead. So just keep in mind, at this point in the night, we were under the impression, and when I say we, scoring uh, Austin and myself up there in the announcer's booth, under the impression that Devin McLeod has the tiebreaker if he wins because, again... As we debriefed and, and, and we're thinking about, you know, what's going on in the third segment, we confirmed that best finish in this segment determines any tiebreakers. We get some contact here further back in the field with Morris and Schofield. The hood flying off a of Rex Struble. Uh, so we're thinking at this moment, Devin McLeod, man, he's just got to win the race. and He's going to be golden. And we're getting down to the end of this thing. Struble with the hood flapping. Waving to the fans as he comes by with the race car. Still a great battle for fifth. Up front, you're not missing anything if you're watching along. McLeod's still leading. Second is Adam Briggs. Briggs in second. Not really able to close in on Devin McLeod. And I think it's right about this point where a flip switches in Adam Briggs' mind. And right now, we're still following that battle for fifth. That's the best action on the racetrack. Briggs was trying to chase down McLeod. Said, hey, if I got the car to go win this race, I need to go win this race. But there comes a point, and it's right around, you know, 10 laps to go or so, where Briggs realizes, hey, I'm not going to be able to win this thing. My team car is in contention for the overall. And I don't want to say he manipulates this, because uh, that's not fair. Um, I... Sometimes it's good to have a teammate. And I hate this, you know, when there's race manipulation stuff. I mean, obviously, if you wreck somebody, uh, if you take somebody out intentionally, that's a whole different story. But I think if you're smart, 
and you say, hey, it's better for my team if I back out and let so-and-so buy. And some of you may challenge that statement and say, no, we're racing. You should always go 100%. And some people feel that way and some people don't. Um, I think it depends on what side of the, the shoe you're on here. Um, but yeah, Briggs is going to back out. And right there, we just saw the pass. Tom just caught it there. LJ Grimm just went into second place. We're coming to two laps to go. So it was with three to go. Adam Briggs just backed off and gave LJ Grimm the spot. Right now, as they run, they are tied. McLeod is tied with Grimm in points. Coming to the white flag, and still, everybody thinking, McLeod's going to win the overall, even though they're tied, because he's going to win this final segment. He's way out in front, no challenge, you know, barring something catastrophic, which, spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. Devin McLeod coming through three and four. Devin McLeod is going to win the race, and at this point is assumed the overall champion, he is tied with LJ Grimm. Third was Adam Briggs, by the way. And here come the rest of them. At this point, Austin is heading down trackside. I go over to scoring and I ask LJ Grimm, or I'm sorry. We'll listen in. So there you go. We just made the call. I had just confirmed with scoring. Hey, the 23 is the overall winner. And they said yes. So keep that in mind. We'll listen in. There are a lot of lessons to be learned. One of the best things about being in the racing business, I'm always learning. You want to think you know it all, you never know it all. So even in situations like this, even in years of experience, you will always learn. And I'll tell you, I'll follow up on that in a minute. So we'll listen in. Now, LJ Grimm comes over, and they debrief. Now, watching the video here, Tyler pulls up, talks to Austin. And I think he says, hey, something's not right here. Austin's walking away now. And, and here at this point, uh, Ronnie Bacello, who was a... Ronnie helped put this race on. He's looking through the rules. Austin's looking through the rules. And there's some chatter about, hey, you know, the tiebreaker is something different. So, they, yeah, they're combing the rule book here to figure out who's the overall winner because they are tied in points, folks. We assumed it was McLeod. And the key word here is we assumed. Now, we did verify with officials in the tower, but we still assumed at this point. And I state, and there I state it. We assumed tiebreaker was best finish in the final round. Austin has just had an aha moment. He walks over. He confirms with some officials, and we'll listen in. Checking some things. 
checking. Everybody checking those rules. Still a lot of confusion down here. Now Austin goes back over to talk to Ronnie. Very fitting. So there's the ruling. Qualifying was the tiebreaker. Yeah, somebody in the crowd goes, I've never heard of that. I'll be honest with you, I haven't either. Um, and, and here's where I go back to. You're always learning. Um, it, it doesn't matter if you're going to help out. Uh, if you're the... And the fans are jeering. Devin's jeering. LJ's down there. Hugs all around. I mean, good sportsmanship between the two. Um, but again, uh, back to always learning... Um, you know, I've been announcing for a number of years now, and it comes easy to me. But there are always little things. There are always little challenges, little nuances. And the thing that I took away from working this event, um, and, and I got, this was kind of a last-minute thing. Um, Austin asked me, and I'm not making an excuse. I'm just setting the stage. Um, Austin asked, you know, late in the week if I'd be able to come over and help out. And I was planning to go to the race anyway. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I'd love to call this race with you. Um so I honestly didn't comb through every ounce of the rule books. I knew it was three segments. I knew there was a lot of drivers coming. I knew it was going to be an exciting race. I know about the Vermont Milk Bowl where the final, you know, the best finish in the final stage is the tie break. So I went by that, and that was incorrect. And what I learned is whether you're going to help out or whether you're, you're you know, the, the track official, I'm sorry I talked over LJ's interview. Um, LJ was happy to win. Um, here's it, it just if you're an announcer and you go to work anything, make sure you read the rules and know because it just helps with situations like this. And I felt kind of stupid after this. Um, I, I didn't let it get to me. Austin didn't know. The scores in the tower didn't know. I mean, we had to sit on the track and people had to comb through their phones to figure it out. Um, and I even said this when I did the original podcast on this a couple months ago um while i'm not knocking the event it was a great event uh, it's just funny that it came down to a decision it's almost fitting that a brawl a race labeled a brawl would come down to a decision by the judges if you will um but you know i i, I said it a couple months ago and I'll, I'll stand by it now i feel like uh, we'll we'll listen to devin here
little bit of B-roll here, but I'll go back to uh, what, what I was saying there. I just feel like an event like this, now, whoever's in charge of it can do whatever the heck they want, but, it, you know, in my opinion, tiebreaker in the final segment should be best finished in that segment so that uh, the, the people there can follow along easier because nobody, yeah, maybe some, that's not fair to say, but not many people even remembered qualifying that day. Um, I didn't know that, you know, LJ had out-qualified Devin. It's just so much easier to follow what's going on on the track. So if it were up to me, tiebreaker would be final segment. Now, I just did the little 500 over at New Smyrna, and they did qualifying as the tiebreaker. And thankfully, I did comb through the rules, and I knew that. Um, Learned from this experience. Um, But yeah, in my opinion, any tiebreaker should be settled on the racetrack versus what happened, you know, a day ago, a few hours ago in qualifying. Um, But that's not how it happened here. And that is how LJ Grimm won the fall brawl. Um, So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Anthony Cataldi winning stage one. Congratulations to um, LJ Grimm for winning stage two in the overall stage three to Devin McLeod. Very good race. A wild incident there with Anthony Cataldi and Dylan Bigley. And some great racing, some great sportsman battles. Um, hell of an effort by Daniel Webster. A lot of things, a lot of positive things to take away from this event. And, uh, you know, despite the controversy at the finish, it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't be Saturday night at your short track without some controversy, right? So it was fitting. Um, you know, it's almost like a judge's decision. We had to comb through the fine print in the rule book to figure out who actually won, despite what the dumb announcers were saying. Um, and that's why I prefaced uh, at Little 500. Um, any tiebreakers and stuff. Hey, whatever I'm saying is unofficial, but still a great, great event here. A lot of fun. Glad to get down to Citrus County Speedway. Call that race with Austin. And uh, yes, please support Speedway Video. We wouldn't be able to do these race rewinds without Speedway Video. So that's going to wrap up the video portion of this podcast. So again, just to kind of recap, a great event, a lot of fun. Um, very appreciative of the Citrus County Speedway for having me out there to call that race, uh, to fill in for Tony, who's doing a lot better now. I know he's looking forward to 2023 with Austin. Um, look, we look forward to, as a podcast to getting out to that track a few times for sure. Um, I'll always be glad to fill in there if needed. Um, glad to have a Speedway video out there to film that race. And, uh, again, just one of the things, one of the big reasons to do the race rewind on this race is, um, we didn't have any commentary on the video itself. Uh, so now you've got a little insider commentary, a different form of commentary, but, um, you have some commentary for the race. Um, you know, and, and maybe you'll learn from, from my mistakes, from, from Austin's mistakes for, of not actually going through the rules beforehand. And uh, as an announcer, you know, that's, uh, that's dropping the ball. So we should have known beforehand. We should have known better. We assumed we knew, which is not the way to do it. And uh, I think we both learned from that situation. Um, and that goes to everybody else that had to look through the rules and, you know, the racers, man, got to give it to them. They at least knew, uh, before we did. So at least they knew what they were doing. Adam Briggs, hell of a teammate, man, backing out of a second place finish. So his teammate could go win the overall, hopefully they split that extra thousand bucks there for the overall, um, fun event, definitely confusing at the end. Um, I love the concept. I love these, you know, multiple, segment races where you get points. I feel like this is how NASCAR should do their all-star race at North Wilkesboro. Um, obviously they'll break down the tie-breaking procedures ahead of time. We don't have to go to the rule book in victory lane. Um, that's how I would do the all-star race in, in my opinion, you know, three, four segments, 
uh, low points, wins, Milk Bowl style in tiebreaker on the racetrack. That would be my suggestion. And, um, yeah, that's about all I have to say about this one. It was a long one. I appreciate you listening. If you listen to this whole thing, I appreciate you watching. If you watched it over on Speedway Video, and we thank American Auto and DJ Wilcoxon for sponsoring these bonus pods. Um, again, from the from everybody here, myself and Margo, and the entire family here, hope you guys had a great Christmas. Hope you have a happy new year. We'll be back uh, next week with a full podcast. I mean, this one's full length, uh, but we'll be back with our normal show, previewing the Red Eye, previewing the SRL Sports and Race, and just, you know, talking to you guys for the first time this year. So um, Merry Christmas to everybody, and you guys have a happy new year. Hope you enjoyed this race rewind of the Fall Brawl Sportsman 200 from Citrus County Speedway in 2022. Congratulations to LJ Grimm, the official overall winner of this thing, and we will talk to you all next year. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.